Bring that ass here, boy. What up, party people? That was weird. Welcome to my radio shock jock show. Uh, this is Adam Pacora here for another uh, immaculate, exciting uh, story time conglomerate edition. Uh, Blackjack episode 21 of Requiem for a Tuesday. Hashtag I feel like Tuesday. Uh, here we are on a nice, uh, nice rainy, warm Tuesday evening. Uh, there is a whole lot to unpack. Uh, definitely got a got a whole theme rolling. Uh, throughout the episode, we're gonna we're gonna tie one on, and then some. Um, didn't even plan that alcoholic pun for the twenty first birthday, but. You know the magic just keeps on rolling here at this show. You 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 really just can't make this storybook type of stuff up. Um, it is just truly unmatched in Hollywood, and you know that's why they say the independents are are the true, the true storytellers and the real artists. You know the nitty gritty gets done in the streets, ladies and gentlemen. Um, speaking of which. Uh, now accepting any and all funding for uh, an indie film project that I got uh, cooking up. DM for deets, you know. That one's going to stay secret. That might just pop up any time. You know, you never know what's going to be going on there. Uh, so before we get into all the luxurious festivities planned before us today, uh, let me do my regular promos. Not much. You know, I still got it real simple. One day... I'm going to crack, I'm going to slip, and I'm going to start going crazy with it. Uh, But for now, you can just follow me on Instagram only. That's the only thing that I'm doing so far. I mean, subscribe to the YouTube channel and the podcast and all the stuff. That'll that'll get there. Uh, But at adam.rfat on Instagram, uh, link in bio takes you to everything there. uh, So you can follow along with everything going on. And then, uh, yeah. What was the other thing? Who fucking cares, right? Um, But, you know, this show, uh, rate, review, subscribe. Let's uh, keep this party rolling. And uh, just going to dive right in. So, uh, a lot of movie views going on. I'm doing some, like, intentional viewing. A little bit of homework for the program, if you will, if you must, if you shall. Uh, I do. Uh, So kind of have a three-tiered loosely like like I'm going to come up with a I came up with a reason how these movies are all interconnected very loose uh very shambled no real logic behind it but it just kind of happened to be the three movies I've uh I've uh intentionally watched most recently for no for no reason so like the reasons were separate and now we're going to reconnect all that shit back together and make it seem like it was all on purpose. You know what I mean? Like, imagine if Dr. Frankenstein had some convoluted backdoor hindsight story to explain why, like, the murders were planned and he wanted the monster to go berserk. You heard that R in there? It's hard to slip it in there. Berserk. I don't even know if that's right. You know, I just feel like you you're not you never say it. 
right so i'm just going to i'm going to be the guy i'm i'm going to be the one who says it you know nobody's going to say it i'll say it i'll pronounce it uh <laughs> that's a good bit write that down uh but anyway so my con story is anyway so the three movies that i'm going to i'm going to lay out here and uh who knows how much time this is going to fill frankly i got a lot of thoughts a lot of takes that uh Actually, might uh, loop back in with last week a little bit. Might have uh, missed a mark somewhere. Um, but uh, we're going to go Citizen Kane. I don't know if this is going to be the order necessarily. It's just going to happen however it happens. All right, let's get that out of the way. Get the facts just straight and laid out here. Uh, we got Citizen Kane. We have, uh, I mean, you know, what else can be said? Uh, they live, John Car- John Carpenter, classic, and uh, finally, a potentially controversial topic. Uh, who knows? That that's part of the intrigue here. Uh, 2011's big time award winner, big time, the artist. Uh, whole lot whole lot to discuss on all fronts for all movies, whether they're connected or not. My loose way of saying that they're connected is they all have a tie of black and white one, okay? Reasonable logic, I guess. I guess. Okay? Old-time movie? Okay, we really only have an excuse for the artist because it's set in the olden days of movies. And Citizen Kane, not so much they live on that one. Although you could, like, convolute an argument, which I did to myself, uh, about this nonsensical situation that only pertains to me, uh, that, like, the black and white scenes with the homage, like, are just there's just plenty of homages to, like, 50s black and white, like, B-movie horror. So you could argue that, although that is yet another different era, that all the, like, old-timey cinema stuff kind of ties into all three there. Because, um, I mean, you can't say that John Carpenter clearly wasn't a fan of older classic movies. So, you know, fuck you if you're going to try to act like that. There's not some connection there. I, I worked hard on that theory. Uh, to give this a little more unity, look at me writing episodes, crafting narratives. You would almost think this is a full-on production. But, uh, you know, I'll find a way to fool you. I'll get you back every now and then. Um, but, yeah, so that that's pretty much what we're working with <laughs> today. Um, interesting story. Not in, it's not interesting. Who am I to lie? Um, but I was going to do a whole Citizen Kane thing last week, and I just got so amped up and zoned in that uh, it just didn't happen. Uh, completely went to the wayside. And that just goes to show you what kind of electricity is in the air. You know, when somebody's feeling it, you know what I mean? Like, think MJ in Portland, right? Like, when you're just hitting them left and right, pew, bang, splash, you know? Those realistic situations like that. 
you know, sometimes you just coast over the finish line and you don't even really realize the path you had to take to get there. Um, because sometimes, you know, you can just be so driven and just have your sights set, uh, on that, on that one goal and you just, you know, tunnel vision, black out the haters, block out, uh, you know, any animals that may be distracting you from your homework or your studies, whatever you may be working on or towards. Um, you know, you just dart through, bam, 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 stiff arm, Heisman Trophy, okay? Now we're in the big time. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of how I roll. I just make shit happen, get shit done, you know, before you know it. You order, you know, a bagel with cream cheese. I get you, you know, a little bit of lox. A little bit of flair on there. Give me some flavor. This ain't a snack, baby. This is breakfast. Okay? We can't handle none of the weak shit. Alright? Bring it to bring it. So anyway, um gonna do a lot of tie-ins. This is gonna be a uh, parasite comparison heavy podcast, I feel like, because um, there's just a lot of Oscar-related things going on with two of the movies here. Pretty sure it's obvious which two. Um, so there's going to be a lot of callbacks. Because um, if you if you know me, if you know anything about me, it's that references are paramount. Okay? And um, I'm going to do as much meta-commentary as I possibly can, just as a human being of whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry, I even I even tried. You know, it's just because I felt like I was really just knocking through the fucking wood on, you know, that last little rant I went on. I got a little overzealous with it, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking floor it, baby. Ooh, see what I mean? Things are just getting a little out of control. <laughs> uh so yeah, let's dive in. We're going to we're going to talk we're going to talk a little citizen kanana. Okay? Now, you know, you see it on the list, the pantheons of greatness throughout time, like still to this day being listed as the greatest film of all time on like yearly polls. It just keeps the legend never dies, you know, it just lives and lives and lives. Um, I'm going to say on that front, I was disappointed. Um, but on my realism front, I'm like, you know, I expected to be disappointed to that regard. So like with a realistic expectation of a movie from what, 19 fucking 41, I was like, uh, well, that was pretty good. Uh, because... I'm I'm sorry, I have an I have an uh, an ageism problem, I guess, but uh, I kind of could have figured that a movie from 1941 isn't the best one. I mean, call me crazy, but you know something something in my gut just told me maybe we could have figured out how to do it better once more since. 
<laughs> you know? I mean, it's really that simple on my end. Um so if you if you're gonna go in if you're gonna go into anything thinking it's gonna thinking it's already going to be the best thing, I, I don't know how that could possibly meet your expectations. You know? You can you just can't. You just can't. Because well, I mean you'd have to be fucking stupid. I'm not even gonna have to paint that picture out for you. Um I had tried a couple times prior. So I, I own this movie on DVD. I've had it. It just sits there. It's just like you it's something you really got to work yourself up towards. And I did like a little bit of the pregame uh pregame research. You know what I mean? I did my scouting report. And I got to say I was I was surprised to learn that like uh nobody gave a shit at the time. Uh, and like, or I guess like it did like pretty solid, you know, it was just like another movie that like, oh, that was really good. And then it just kind of like, you know, just went to the wayside. I keep using that term to the wayside. That's not how I speak. Um, isn't it weird how things like that will just happen? It's like, yeah, I know that that word is somewhere in my brain. It's not like I didn't know that that was a thing that people could say. But uh, it's not like I'd been doing it leading up to this. It's like in this momentous time. Here we are, 13 minutes, 39 seconds in. And uh, in that, that's the amount of time it took for me to begin adding wayside to the vernacular. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's nice to just use words. I like to use words that feel appropriate, whether they are or not. Henceforth, what just happened? Um, I feel like usually my schema just kind of lays one on and it ends up being correct. Like, it just kind of fits into place. Maybe that's like a combination of a good vocabulary and decent algebra skills. You can just plug in, oh, that sounds appropriate. Oh, it was. You know what I mean? I can fit the I can fit the pyramid in the triangle slot. You know what I mean? Vocabularily. So <laughs> you know, some so if it's wrong, don't judge me. Just like listen to it back. Don't think about it. Like, just listen to it and tell me I'm wrong. And then I'll tell you you're wrong because you'd be wrong in that situation. So I'm glad we got that all cleared up. I know that uh, that was uh, really sitting on everyone's mind. Okay, drag that on for too long. Let's carry on. Um. So, yeah, I mean, cool to know that it wasn't just like this movie dropped and ever since we just been, like, tripping. It was, like, 15 years later. Um, another correlation with They Live and just John Carpenter's films in general. So that's a fun little, uh, connection of time between the two, uh, of many that I can make up. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You know, it, it was very, like, ahead of its time, for sure. And, like, technically so, like, the camera work in that movie, it's like, I would never guess that that was from that time. 
I would have guessed like I don't know. I honestly don't know. Probably the sixties, but then I, it would almost would have been you know it would have been weird that it was black and white. So it it's hard to gauge honestly, but. Uh yeah, just like the setups and like on a technical aspect. Uh what a phenomenal like piece of movie magic. You know, don't get me wrong. It's like I get the old, the whole like old Hollywood grandiosity <laughs> of the whole thing. Um but it it's one of those where like and it's also one of those stories well it's like the it's pro it's the original you know like i get it like it's where the stuff comes from um but since you know again it's not the 40s i've heard the story already i mean you know fucking consume 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 me somebody should make it a law that you have to see this ones first and then all the other ones might be left but you know what i mean so like that that's boom strike one old Sorry, you lose. Uh, but yeah, you know, rich guy is a lonely, you know, he's a shithead, but he's nice. He's a Robin Hood, but he's a fucking thief. You know, fuck, fuck the poor, whatever. One of those guys, he's the president, basically, like uh, currently, but he didn't win because he was fucking, uh, because in the 40s, uh, if you were fucking, that wasn't good. Um, now you can fuck. You can have a wife and fuck somebody, which was the thing in Citizen Kane. It wasn't just like, oh, this guy has sex, uh, just to clarify. Uh, but like, it's like you can fuck porn stars. You can blackmail them. Like, you can do anything you want to anybody, be divorced a bunch of times. Like Any of the standards that used to happen. It just doesn't matter. You can just be president now. So, like, Citizen Kane doesn't age well because a rich scumbag didn't get away with a bunch of shit. And they didn't let him be president. So that's pretty wild, you know. <laughs> Kids these days would never understand it. They'd be like, why is, it, why is everybody mad? Doesn't the country just elect that guy? Um, anyway. So that was interesting. To see, like, that whole dynamic. I always love seeing any type of wealth distribution dynamic stuff from any past things. It's like, oh, well, this this was shitty 80 years ago. Good to know. <laughs> Good to know this was a big deal then that they made a movie about it. Um, and we're still rolling. Fantastic. Everybody listened, you know. Because, like, uh, in Vonnegut books, he, he talks about that all the time. It's in... Rosewater, especially, it's in Slapstick a little bit, you know, fucking, it was in Cat's Cradle somewhat, you know, whatever. <sighs> it's so hard to stay on topic when you just, like, your whole thing is, like, how do I consume more? And just uh, it's, it's all just, like, plug and play. How do I get these variables connected? My brain is just, like, rapid-fire pistons. Just like boom, 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 You forgot to talk about meatballs and then like blah, blah, blah. It's a disaster. Um, that's why that, what I just did, was pretty incoherent. I'm going to leave that in there so everybody can just hear my insanity continue to crank as this quarantine continues. That had a nice little percussive thing to it. Play that back and sample it. You're welcome. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. Basically, what I gather is that like Wells is like the first Kubrick. Where it's like, oh, here's a guy who did another thing. He's just a really intelligent guy. Ended up getting into this stuff. And then he did it better than a lot of people for a lot of times and a lot of years. And this was great. Um, I applaud every aspect of it considering when it was made. If you consider it in a timeless vacuum, however, significantly diminished. Great, great, great movie. Okay, feel like I'm gonna have to make a lot of make a lot of claims afterward about this. Now I feel like I just like with Parasite, I'm just like jumping in too hard on the one little slight opinion I have, um, or like the one little critique thing, you know, whatever. The the one negative thing I have to say anyway. Um, it's just like uh, I don't know. Sorry. It's like if you're a movie buff, I'm sure, like a true, 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 like historian buff. You know what I mean? Like beyond being a fan where it's just like, you know, fuck off, bro. Or like you're a professor or some shit. Then like, I'm sure it's the holy grail and you just want to jizz all over all the time. But... I'm just saying, like, I've, I'm always a big thing of, like, influence deserves, like, respect, but not, like, it doesn't, I'm going to say the word that it, it deserves respect, not praise. That doesn't mean that it does not deserve praise. Uh, I just think it shouldn't affect, like, an overall rating. So I don't know how to word, somebody word that into a catchy, snappy phrase, and then you will get back to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, great movie. Yeah, we're we're just getting into here. Great movie. Watch it. Go watch it. It's important for a lot of reasons. But like also just think about it. Like nineteen forty one and then just watch it and be like, I can't believe they did this at this time. Um but you know, it's about a rich guy. So that that's pretty much it. But they do a cool, like, you know, it's like a nonlinear narrative and like they, they you know, it's pretty interesting. It gets a little old, old-timey boring, but what can you do? Like, they were then, so they just did what they were doing then. It's not their fault, um, but I loved it. I didn't love it. I liked it a lot. Eh, I liked it. <laughs> Let's just be honest, uh, but I respect it. That's that's the main point that I was trying to get at it with that last little diversion. Like, I liked it. But the hype is going to over-fucking-do the whole thing. So if you have no grasp of the hype, you might like it a lot more. And But, like, yeah. Um, it, it was very finely done across the board. And a very interesting story. So at least read about it if you're not going to check it out. Um, but I'm going to use... So we're going to use that segue. We're going to use that little old Hollywood period there to transition right into another little... Another little wild piece of cinema. Um, We're going to go right into The Artist. Now, this, both like Parasite and Citizen Kane, I have tried, it took me more than one occasion to try to watch it, where, like, I watched, like, a beginning portion, like, at least 10 to 15 minutes in, had to stop, couldn't do it. I'm like, bro, the focus isn't there. I'm going to have to really hunker down one day and like dive into this bad boy knuckle deep, you know? 
you put the rubber gloves on, you pound you, you put your fists in the dough, and you really show that baby who's boss, you know? Um, now, this movie is a whole lot crazier because none of this, whereas... Citizen Kane was, like, advanced beyond its time. Like, the artist is the opposite, right? So it's a fucking silent movie in 2011. Crazy idea. Smart idea. I like it a lot. I like the idea of any, like, throwback thing. Like, a really high-concept thing like this I think is brilliant. And they did a great job. I mean, it's basically, like, the way La La Land is basically just, like, a modern Gene Kelly movie. Uh, <laughs> the artist is in the same vein with silent films. Like, as it's just a one huge homage to shit. Um, just that it's actually set in the time period as well. So that's pretty cool. And it, they made it look like it's fucking old. Like it looks like it's an old movie. They did the lighting and stuff like dead on, and that was cool. Um, so obviously this movie it's fucking like French as shit, but. So, this is why I think it's interesting. So, this is a French movie that won, I think it won Best Picture. It definitely won Best Director, Best Actor. So, but, so this is where, but it's a French movie just made in Hollywood because it's about Hollywood. And since it's silent, you know, there's like inner titles or, you know, just like the text on screen to fucking like tell you dialogue at key points and shit like that. So, it, like, isn't in the foreign language nomination, which was just renamed to International Feature. So, it's, like, the a point that I brought up with Parasite when just discussing the Oscars originally is, like, if it's nominated for Best Picture, it shouldn't be an International Feature because then it's just guaranteed to win. Like, that's just not fair or it needs some kind of recognition as such. You know, because it's just not fair to the other ones, blah, blah, blah. This doesn't even get nominated. I wonder if because of just, like, the technicality of the um, foreign language, quote-unquote, category at the time, or if it wouldn't get it either way just because it's, like, fucking in English. You know, because it's Hollywood and all that stuff. So, like, does it count as international since it was made in Hollywood? That's a tough question as well. I would say yes, considering, like, everybody involved is French. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, If you look, see, in my head, when I think, like, wow, a silent movie won Best Picture and Actor at the Oscars, in my head, before seeing this movie, still, I hadn't seen it up to this point, that sounds crazy to me. It also sounds like it makes a lot of sense because the Oscars love just like big fucking Hollywood stroke fests. And it's it's a very Oscarsy thing. But upon upon watching the movie, well actually first, upon looking back at the twenty eleven Oscars nominations, uh no wonder this one. Frankly, because it was a shit year. All the nominations pretty much sucked. It was like Moneyball was the only movie on a lot of the lists that I'd even seen. Or liked of the ones that I had seen. Like, 
you can say what you want about how good or bad this movie is. I'm not commenting on any of this at all for what I'm about to say. But Melissa McCarthy is nominated for an Oscar for Bridesmaids. Um, that does not mean what I'm saying right now. What I'm not, I'm not implying that she's not good in that movie. I'm just saying like that's an that is not an Oscar <laughs> performance. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, let's just be fucking real. Even even if you want to do the whole like they should, they should recognize comedy because of course they should i absolutely agree with that uh that's not an oscar performance so fuck off and that's insane so no wonder this happened and also uh jean dujardin i i kind of intentionally mispronounced that but i also was trying really hard to not say jwarden because i always read it as dj like i don't i don't ever read the the u between the d and the e. yeah so that's what happened there um he fucking he was amazing he was so good in this and it's crazy that he's like a french comedian and like comedy actor because he was fucking lights out and i don't know how this didn't lead to like a bunch of fucking roles um he was in like wolf of wall street after this uh, which is great, but like he wasn't like big enough in it to like be really impactful, I guess. Because um, then, yeah, there's just, I mean, maybe he doesn't have any desire to be in an Amer- American shit. Uh, I wouldn't blame him, you know, if your whole fucking thing's in France. And now you're like going to be the biggest actor in France because you just like tore shit up. Uh, you know, whatever, his own thing. But. It would just be cool for us to just get, like, a new big guy. And it's like, oh, this guy's been in France crushing it. And it's like, nah, we got him. You know, like Christoph Waltz, I guess. I guess I just expected a Christoph Waltz-like thing of him. I guess pre-Christoph Waltz, you know. But it's just like, oh, he just won the fucking Oscar. Who cares if he's the first French guy? You know what I mean? Like, Bong Joon-ho is going to be a staple going forward. So... Again, this it, there's going to be a lot of parallels here because I also feel like it's not like the 2011 year being weak isn't a good for, argument for the artist, but it still won and deserved it over the other things. Uh, but the way that that is almost like dismissed just doesn't really make sense to me. You know, it's fucking cool. And there's a dog in it and the dog's awesome. And OK, here's the thing. At the beginning, it's like a little much and it's weird. Right. Um, and it's it's pretty slow at first, and that's kind of the problem. And like, they're definitely like hamming it up and like doing it truly like twenties style. You know what I mean? Where everything is just like insanely animated and like cartoonish and crazy. And I don't know. It's it's just bizarre, and you have to really be like, okay, I guess I'm watching an old movie. Because in my head, I guess I thought it would be, like, somehow, like, a realism portrayal of this. Like, the off-camera lifestyle. But no. It basically just is one of those old movies. And it acts like it. And, like, you could probably tell me that Citizen Kane and The Artist are from, like, the same year. Which also doesn't really line up because, you know... The artist is set in like the late 20s and Citizen Kane's set all over, but it was made in the 40s. So I don't know. But whatever. The point is, is like they both 
are equally impressive for like opposite reasons, if that makes sense. Like one is advanced and then one is like so qualitility, <laughs> so well made but old looking on purpose, like just so craftedly vintage. Wow, that sounds like a good thrift store in Colorado. Catch me in Boulder opening up a fucking pants store. Anyway, uh, that was a very daft explanation of the artist. But, uh, yeah, I thought that um, his performance was unbelievable. And the, while the like director and like picture, you can call that shit a gimmick win like for an Oscar for acting. I, I don't see that argument at all. It's almost more it's more difficult without being able to do any type of speaking to, to do it all with your face. And yes, like he is a little like I said, like hammed up. But, like, within the context of the movie, it makes perfect sense, and he is absolutely spot on start to finish the entire time. And then, like, the way that they, like, do kind of infuse sound into it throughout is brilliant. Like, the noise is breaking through, and the score is phenomenal and old-timey the whole time, and it's it's just it's phenomenal. And it's not something that I thought I would say, to be honest. I ended up loving it by the end. And, like, literally, like, I could say that I love it. And I think that that's because I thought it was going to suck. And I thought I was going to be like, there's no reason why this deserved it. And it kind of did. And watching it, it becomes more and more like, I don't know how to say this. Hmm. It, it just becomes more, like, artsy and homagey and clearly just done as a modern thing at the end but like not in any type of bad way to where it breaks you out of the flow you're in with the movie it, it just becomes very much more like i don't know it just has a darkness to it that i feel like you wouldn't see in movies at the time and i don't know i i was really taken taken away with it at the end now, is it something that I'm going to be, like, trying to watch again and again and again? No. No. It's very much like a one-time, maybe you show somebody, and then maybe you show one other person type of thing. Like, I could maybe sit through it a couple more times. Um, but, like, the music was amazing. Everything about it was great. And I don't know. I just wish that there were more just, like, straight-up high-concept things like this being done. It's just, like, this is... This is exactly the type of thing that I'm looking for. Um, I mean, I would fucking absolutely prefer it not be silent. You know, like, let's go a little bit further. But I'm all for this movie. And if uh, you're, if it got shit, like, retroactively, I don't, I don't back that up. And uh, I can't believe it, to be honest. Uh, I want, I want more Jean Dujardin in movies. Although, he is in that new Deerskin movie by the guy who did Rubber, where he's just, like, in love with a jacket. That looks pretty fucking sick, you know? So I'm all about that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, why did that movie not have any crossover? I guess because of the silent thing, people just called it a gimmick, maybe? 
That's just my guess. But I mean, the the artist kind of worries me as an example of like what could happen with Parasite. Whereas like we just forgot about it. And like maybe we won't forget about Parasite, but maybe we forget about the whole point of like foreign diversity. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the artist happened and then we're just like, why did that happen? That was dumb. And let's not acknowledge anything again until Parasite. You know what I mean? Like, it's just uh, a little bit concerning. But, you know, there's a lot of factors at play there. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of, it was like a Sunset Boulevard type of plot, which I didn't, I didn't really know what it was about. Like, I knew it was about a silent film actor, but I didn't know, like, what lanes it went down. Um, But, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. And I think that it easily could have been made, like, with sound where they just spoke to each other and it would have been, like, just as great. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Let's move on from that one. Um, I feel like I'm leaving something out. That's kind of why it's been dragging on. You know, if you haven't noticed, I've just been, like, shitting out shit from this tongue. Uh, But fuck it. It's over. Watch The Artist. Watch Citizen Kane. Um, but I guess this is the order I'm doing it in. It's like three, two, one. Which ones I'd rather have you guys watch. Uh, or which ones I'd rather have like somebody, anybody watch to talk to me about. I think I'd rather talk to somebody about Citizen Kane, the least of these three movies. And uh, the most would be They Live. John Carpenter. The legend. And the thing is, I was looking at his filmography. It's like, is this his last, is it like his last movie? And I know that it's not literally, but like in terms of qual, there's a pretty significant drop off after this. And the question is, is this his opus? To which my answer is 100% yes. But, you know, having said that, Dun, dun, dun. Is he gonna contradict himself? Uh no. <laughs> Luckily no. Uh, but having said that, I haven't seen a pretty big chunk of the important ones. You know. I haven't seen the thing, and I haven't seen Big Trouble in Little China. So I also haven't seen the original Assault on Precinct 13. I just don't see any way that that is my favorite John Carpenter movie. That just doesn't make any sense. Um so I say that with a little bit of an asterisk, you know, um, and I'm just not a big Halloween guy. Controversially, this is going to ruin a lot of my credibility, I think, with a lot of people. But I think that the Rob Zombie version is better. And we'll we'll just leave it at that, you know. I, I probably need to reevaluate and rewatch. Uh but I, I don't know. Just not a big Halloween guy. A lot of respect for it. You know, one of those. It's one of those where it's like, you know, this led to a lot, but I don't get it. Love the score. Love the score. But no, I'm gonna say they live as the best. Uh and another reason why I'm gonna say that it's his best is because um the more I've been thinking about it. And I just watched it again, like, hours ago. 
leading up to this recording, and the more that I've been thinking about it, it might be a top 10 all-timer for me. Now, that's a heavy, 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 heavy statement said with a fresh watch in mind. So, you know, don't you fucking dare quote me on that one. You know, because that's bold, and I'm aware that that's bold. So I'm going to hold on to that for a second. Um, But, I mean, in, in a great way, this movie has everything. And I don't know how you could word how you could say that and mean it in a bad way. That just sounds like it's worded to be a good thing. But just to clarify, um, I mean it has comedy, horror, sci-fi, fucking, you know, a little bit of romance in there, but lots of action. You know, you can watch it for commentary and themes and political. I guess that's what the commentary would be on. But, you know, advertising commentary, you know, just societal shit. Or you could just watch it for fun and, you know, whatever. Oh, there's endless reasons. You can pick any combination of any of them. And there's more than what I just listed. You know, it really just has it all. And um, speaking of the score, great score. You know, Carpenter always... You know, the fact that you score your own movies is fucking raw anyway, but he's also just so dope at it. And I, I wish that They Live was a little synthier. I think that if it was made like a couple years earlier, like early 80s, it probably would have been. And maybe it was an intentional avoidance. Uh, but it also, I mean, the music in the film fits the film incredibly well. So no gripes on there. I just know that he fucking rips on synth. <laughs> and that would have been sick. Um... Uh, but this movie is probably the exact thing that I would want to make. Like, if I was ever given, like, a budget to make a movie, let's say that crazy hypothetical scenario, and they're like, go make anything, it, it would, like, my end goal would be to do something like this. Um, Obviously not now, you know what I mean? Because it exists already. But, like, I can't think of a, like... Adam's dream movie and have it not end up almost exactly like this. Now, are there things that I would change in They Live? Yeah, sure, I guess. But everybody's going to have personal preferences in every way about everything, pretty much. Um, so I, other than like nitpicky shit, uh, it's pretty perfect, in my opinion. So, just because, well, not just. Who am I to say just because? No, I'm going to list a fucking bunch of reasons. There's so many reasons. One, I love the super wide angle. Fucking awesome. I love how the logo like forms into the thing, like the opening shot, like all of the compositions throughout the movie. They use a lot of, there's lots of rule of thirds being used and just like all like the urban cityscapes and all everything is just being shown in such great framing throughout the whole thing and that is awesome that like basically you could take a still at any moment and it's gonna look fucking cool that is definitely big ups for me because it's like even th- th- i feel like this movie wastes zero time which is both super amazing like obviously like that's just a feat um 
but I think that that's it's also a testament to the shots because there are times that I noticed where it felt like there was like a dull moment, but you could just kind of just look and it's fine. Like the plot isn't moving for like a second um, at the beginning. And then like, you know, it just kind of makes up for itself. Um, and that, and that's the thing is that like, yeah, the only parts that are a little slow are the parts that are necessary to set up the whole movie. But they basically knock out everything in like 10 seconds. You know, they're like, this guy, yeah, he just wandered into town. And then they're like, oh, this guy, yeah, he needs a gig because he's fucking a drifter. So now he works with this guy. And this guy also is kind of a drifter. They need to eat somewhere. Boom, whole plot of the movie is set up. <laughs> you know, and the way that they introduce each character, like they take the time to actually set up an introduction with everybody and it's all logical and it all makes sense and nobody just kind of comes out of nowhere. It's all very nice and neat. And anybody you meet is going to be central to the plot because they're going to end up throughout the whole thing. Pretty much. Well, except for the aliens. But I digress on that. Um... I just thought that that was neat. Like there, there, there was no, there's no extra fat on this at all, and it just kind of goes beat by beat by beat, and it's just like, like one nonstop barrage of fucking awesome events. I mean, I don't really know how else to word it. It like doesn't even have any type of like a structure to it. Everything just kind of happens and flows one right after the other. Um, but it doesn't seem to really go on any type of timeline. Like, it doesn't seem to have, like, a beginning, middle, and end. It's just kind of a, like, holy shit, this went, this escalated so fast. And I think that that is an infinite fucking entertainment factor. It's like, that that is, like, an impossible thing to harness, though. It's like trying to catch lightning in a bottle, um, which I think is everything about this movie i think it just is lightning in a bottle i mean to get rowdy roddy piper an iconic wrestler sure but to just be in this movie on a whim and to just go with your gut and to just nail that decision and for roddy to just nail the performance i mean everything about that is phenomenal you know that is just a fucking home run slam dunk let's get shit popping move you know that is so baller and I mean, now that The Rock has done his thing, it's like every wrestler is going to be trying to get this clout. But would there be a Dwayne Johnson without a Rowdy Roddy Piper? Probably. Because that dude's hella charismatic. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to try to front on that. Uh, can we make the case that Roddy Piper paved the way for wrestlers in cinema? Is Roddy Piper the Rosa Parks of wrestlers in cinema? You know, we'll debate. <laughs> Coming up next. Um, that's just a joke. Everybody chill. That obviously wouldn't even be true. Hulk Hogan was in movies and shit. So calm down, bro. Um, But yeah, I fucking love everything. The shots in black and white are... Go- all the shots are gorgeous. Everything in black and white looks so good. Um, The aliens are scary in a... Like, if that was real, you'd be scared. In a movie, you know that it's fucking weird as hell. Like, it just works in a way that it's like, that's not unpleasant to look at. This isn't gross. It's not gratuitous. 
Um, there's an awful lot of violence in there, almost no gore. It's very artful. Like, everything is done in, like, a tasteful way, almost. Even though the whole movie's very rough and gritty at the same time, it's also very polished. Uh, it's hard to explain. Just excellent craftsmanship. Uh, there's a fucking six-minute fight. You know, how the hell did they even get that choreographed? I mean, you know, on a technical level, everything's great. And then when they go black and white, when they got the glasses on, you know, and they can view, like, the cheap little tracking saucer things, and they look like they're in, like, an Ed Wood movie. It's just beautiful. Um, you know, just as the artists, all their homages to old cinema that were just fucking cool to see, and, like, you really felt like you were in that time, you know, fucking John Carpenter hits you with it right after. And I kind of watched them back to back, and that's where... That's where that connection really hit, where, like, I finished the remainder of the artists that I had left, and then They Lived came They Live came in the mail. And I was like, perfect. I was going to talk about it anyway. Let's just fucking bang one out real quick, you know? Like a married couple when the kids are asleep. Uh, but it was just, yeah, it was just cool to see filmmakers just, like, you know, showing rap. Given, given the, given praise where it's due, being like, "Hey, boy, you ever see some shit like this? Cause it's good shit." <laughs> oh Jesus, I couldn't even say that with a straight face. But seriously, like that is a connection that I made between the two, and I didn't expect it. Didn't expect any of these to really be interconnected, and they're not, in any literal sense. Um, but things kind of worked out in cool ways like that to where I could make up a thing. So that was nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, Keith David is fucking great. Just listening to his voice is always awesome. Um, but you know, I, I'm used to seeing modern Keith David. So seeing young buff Keith David is nice. It's like, damn, this broken fucking throw down for real. Um, the female character was uh, obviously <laughs> underdeveloped, I guess, to say the least. But she was very effective. Um, and by that, I mean, she definitely fucking held her own the whole time. And I mean, the action sequence was so absurd and hilarious where she just fucking like throws this dude out of the window of her house. <laughs> and it's like on a Hollywood hill. Uh, it was amazing, but so like, yeah, the fact that he just kind of takes her hostage, she doesn't play this like damsel in distress type of thing. And she just like beat, she rocks this dude. She played it cold the whole time. Uh, so mad respect. It's just, you know, he probably wouldn't care that much. I mean, unless he thought he was going to pound, which I think seeing her there, he's like, I could pound. And so... From that point on, he's like, I got to find her, bro. Because now if I save her, too, and, like, I'm the, and I stop this, I save her and stop this, like, I'm definitely pounding. Uh, so I think that that was just a lot of dick thinking, especially if you're a drifter, you know, you got to take what you can get. So now, like, you kidnap this broad, and she might be down, you know, I, I could see it. You know, you put blinders on, bro, 
<laughs> even when you're like trying to thwart an alien operation that's like you know hypnotizing humanity or brainwashing whatever sometimes you just got to do what it takes to to get one in <laughs> i mean i that's the only thing the only logical explanation um given what's in the movie you know what i mean like that that that's my biggest pet peeve of the whole movie is that he would be like where's she at i got to find her it's like do you um, but it does go fitting with the character that he's loyal, you know, cause he's loyal to Keith David's character and stuff, but yeah. And then like her turning on them, um, it's just less impactful, you know, because she's not really established. I mean, she's, she got taken hostage and then thrown out a window and then threw him out a window. I mean, <laughs> you know, but that's just a little gripe. It's my only gripe. She was a boss, though, you know, so I respect on that. Like, if she would have been, you know, like, screaming, crying, and, like, needed to be rescued, then I think that that would have put, like, a damper on the movie, especially given how little she was in it. But, I mean, great move to make her fucking tough. I, I got mad respect for that. Uh, she And she, made, she, she, played it, she played it weird, though. She was very robotic, and I think it, it's, it was almost like Blade Runner-esque. You know, she kind of was just like, she reminded me of like Rachel. And I don't know if if it's so, you're like, I don't know. Maybe you're supposed to assume that she's like under their brainwash the whole time. Is, is that a thing? Like, are, are there parts in this movie that are ambiguous? Um, I don't know. She, I may, I may have just not liked her performance. That, that could also be a thing. But it was, it's very robotic. So if that's the one thing that's going to turn you off. But, I mean, everything else, it's just, uh, mwah. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Absolutely beautiful. And uh, I kind of want to watch it again already now that I've been talking about it just on here. Even though I, ju- I just finished it, like, a couple hours ago. It's just, uh, it's just a fucking great time. And, honestly, like, has aged incredibly well, like... So the way I mentioned, you know, that Citizen Kane has, like, the rich people shit and how, you know, those themes are in, like, Vonnegut and stuff in the past. And those age well because it's all still relevant. Um, Citizen Kane is still good because shit like that is still relevant. You know, we... Uh, the numbers are just different. You know what I mean? Like, he might not be a billionaire in that movie. You just got to understand that since it was a different time, he was a billionaire, bro. And, like, the biggest one. You know what I mean? Um, so, like, I guess I did kind of leave that part out for as a build-up for this whole conclusion. But, I mean, it's not just the technical things and, like, it being ahead of its time. Like, the the reason why it's likable is because it was well... And not, not just because it was well-made, but also because it holds up. And it doesn't just hold up because it's well-made. It holds up because, like, the topics are still relevant. It still is, like, thematically important. Uh, and it will be. Like, it. that's where it is timeless. Um, so... If you have a thing against black and white, I, I don't know if that's a thing. Like, people don't like that in old movies, then I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you came to the wrong place and listened to too much of this episode. Um, 
But that would be the only thing as deterrent from Citizen Kane because there are no, there aren't really any like old movie tropes that'll make you hate it. Like you know, it doesn't bust into a musical number for no reason and blah blah blah. Like the acting isn't fucking insane and obvious and Jimmy Carter or Jimmy Carter, uh, Jimmy Stewart. You know, it's not it's not that crazy shit. So. Don't let that be a deterrent. Um, it it definitely will talk about shit where you're like, yeah, okay. This this makes a lot of sense even today, you know. Um, the artist says the least, you know. So that's where that doesn't fit into this argument. Uh, it's not really a statement on today. I mean, it is, I guess, on technology. If you want to really like put it into a whole thing but that that movie is more so just like a feel-good memory lane homage wow that was fun same thing with law like you know what i mean that's why i compare with la la land la la land is like wow that was so amazing such a good time and you know it really shines the light on like all those classics and blah blah blah, and it really brings back the magic of movies in the past. You know, all that golden age, blah 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 nonsense. Um, but they live. Uh, I don't know if there is a movie that could be more relevant, <laughs> other than I guess Contagion, which was uh, <laughs> they put that on HBO like the second the pandemic hit, which is hilarious. Uh, still haven't seen it. Don't want to. Would probably freak me out. Still, even though uh, everybody's just deciding that the pandemic's over, apparently, which is frightening. Um, y- yeah, I there's just never been more of a a media problem, I think, and I'm sure it was bad in the '80s because I mean, my favorite movie, Back to the Future, is kind of one big commercial, also. Uh, so like uh, I kind of get how extreme that must have been and hard probably I would have hated it myself you know just having to deal with the level of commercialism that happened Uh, but I I fucking hate it now so this movie's just like it just really fucking hits the nail right on the head and it just gets it and I think that any young not horrible person would totally agree and would be like fuck yeah this shit gets it and that's huge and like i said the violence isn't extreme so like if your thing is like i'm not into that you know first of all grow the fuck up okay (laughs) uh but like it's not like gross you know there's a lot of it's it's like play guns, you know. Like you ever you ever you ever been to like a shitty play, and they have guns, and it's just like, and then the guy just falls down, you know, something light, like a community theater style, <laughs> uh, but not shitty. Again, fucking amazing. I that that top 10 thing i almost like shouldn't have said it cuz now just like the fact that i put it out into the universe makes me wonder if like that was an egregious thing or like what if that is accurate i don't really know um a little bit of news uh, the, in conclusion i stretched that out a little bit 
definitely a bunch of times throughout that whole thing, if you couldn't fucking tell. Uh, uh, but yeah, so that is my loose, cobbled together narrative of three movies I watched. <laughs> is basically what this episode was. Here's a made-up thing I did. So call me. I'm officially a journalist, you know. If you want me to write for your blog, <laughs> that's how I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, if you want me to write for your blog. Um, but, yeah, we're, uh, th- this is me actually wrapping it up, just to clarify. <laughs> um, going forward, I, I, I'm starting to get my uh, Tarantino DVD collection up. Because I'm um, I'm I'm really getting close. Well, I know I keep talking about it, but I'm really getting close to doing the Tarantino v. Anderson. Because I want to do. I want to do their filmographies individually, but I also I need to figure out a way to do a comparison. So it's like I need to do more than I need to rank them all individually, but then I also need to rate them with a score. So I might need to rewatch all of them, or at least the ones that I haven't seen recently enough. So it might take me a minute. So I'm going to try to get all that together. Uh, But that's something fun coming down the line. Uh, Other than that, this is uh, flown by. It's been a blast. I definitely forgot a bunch of shit I wanted to say about all three of these movies. Uh, and probably said things that were dumb or wrong. So you can just ignore all those and only listen to the good parts, as always. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, if you got anything you want to chat about, suggest, uh, whatever, we got uh, a contact email, rfatpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow me slash the show it's like one instagram you know like that my instagram is the show's instagram at uh adam dot rfat uh link in bio gets you everywhere there and rate review subscribe share the show uh get the word out let's blow this blow the roof off this motherfucker <laughs> that laugh was fake i don't know why i did that i'm sorry i lied to you people uh on that note I just want to remind you that I are fat, you are fat, we are fat. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. It's been a it's, it's been a Tuesday, good or bad. Hope is a little bit better now. Calculator. <laughs>